0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, and today on the show we're going to be looking at the blockbuster game between the Roosters and the Storm, talking about the Player breaches and the coach breaches of the COVID-19 controversy that's happening at the moment in the game. We're going to be talking about the Broncos falling even lower in season 2020, and how Penrith are the benchmark of the competition uh, thus far, uh, 13 rounds into the competition. So, round 14, uh, the tips are coming up, but before we do that, please make sure that you uh, like Steve's NRL uh, Footy Tips on Facebook, please like um, and subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever else you guys get this podcast. Uh, so obviously the huge news this week is the COVID-19 breach. And of course, Wayne Bennett, Anthony Seaboard, uh, Tavili Pengai Jr., Paul Vaughan, the Broncos trainer, Alan Langer, and a bunch of other Broncos, uh, a couple of Broncos staff and their personnel um, have been stood down for two weeks because of the COVID risk. Obviously it is... Uh, a very serious issue um, and the game could potentially be at risk of being stopped um, if these issues aren't sorted and if players and uh, staff uh, don't start behaving themselves and sp- staying out of the spotlight, we are going to get to what each of those uh, players and coaches and staff um, being at how that affects each of the teams that uh, they are affecting in my NRL footy tips. so we're going to cover that, uh, but before we do... Um, Let's have a look at round 12 and let me guys tell you a story. So last Tuesday, uh, I was feeling very confident when I filled the podcast. I said, this is the week. This is the week I'm going to get a perfect round. Feeling really good. Um, I tipped a couple of upsets. Um, I went to Roosters uh, to beat the Dragons on the Thursday night. And then by Thursday morning, it was a crisis for the Sydney Roosters. There was multiple players ruled out, up to 10 players out um, and I posted a video on Facebook where I changed my tip from the Roosters to the Dragons. And let me tell you guys, I hope nobody listened to that video. I hope nobody put their house on the Dragons because it was my huge upset and it just didn't happen. I mean, the, the Dragons were absolutely pathetic um, and they cost me a perfect round. So let's recap round 13 anyway. And it all started on the Thursday night, as I just mentioned, at Wynn Stadium. I was there live attending the game and I, uh, I saw the Roosters... Uh, well, their first-grade squad for last week, they're missing half their first-grade squad. Let's be honest, 10 first-graders out of that match, and it was a game the Dragons probably should have won um, in round 13, but the Roosters, of course, did emerge victorious 24-16. Uh, uh, 24-16 it was uh, 0-1 for for the week um, because of that Thursday night game. And then on the Friday, the Warriors, uh, my upset of the week, that it was huge, they um, them going up against Manly, which really puts Manly in such a tough position, Um from this point forward to make the top eight. They can't afford many more losses and the Warriors winning that game 26-22. I did tip the Warriors there, um, which may be one from two for the week. The Rabbitohs, of course, defeated the Broncos in the second game of Friday night. They didn't do it particularly easy. They did end up winning 28-10, to but the Broncos just continue to be poor in 2020, and we're going to discuss that later and it's honestly the worst I've ever seen in the Broncos. Absolutely pathetic performance yet again. Um, on Super Saturday, the Storm uh, absolutely demolished the Canterbury Bulldogs 41 to 10 without Cameron Smith and without Cameron Munster. Late in that match, um, the 5:30 game, Newcastle destroyed the West Tigers 44 to 4, and that pretty much ends all chance of the Tigers making the finals. And I actually discussed it last week. Here, I didn't know if they had what it take, uh, take uh, what it took to get into the finals, and. Uh, I think last week pretty much cemented that. I did tip the Knights and the Storm in those first two games, which made me uh, free from four. Um, the 7.30 game was uh, set to be an absolute blockbuster between the Penrith Panthers and the Canberra Raiders. Of course, last weekend we had a lot of rain um, in New South Wales, and in particular in Sydney, and uh, Penrith ended up winning it pretty comfortably against the Raiders, 28-12, and they were on fire, particularly in the first half. And as I said at the start of the show, they are the benchmark of the competition at the moment. We're going to discuss that further when we get to their match this week. Uh, so that may be four from five um, after getting all three games on Super Saturday correct. And then the Sunday games, uh, Gold Coast upset the Cowboys 30-10 to to prove why they are the best team in Queensland currently. We're going to talk about that later as well. And in the final game, uh, it was torrential weather, a really weird game. But Haramata managed to survive against the Sharks 14-12, which made me 7 from 8 for the week because I did tip the Eels, uh, bringing my total for the year to 71. Um, so a m- much better week than I have been having recently, 7 out of 8. I almost had the perfect round. If you guys just listened to the podcast, I had the perfect round. Um, but sorry if I'm convinced anyone to change their tips to the Dragons because yeah, it was looking okay at half time, but as I said, the Dragons absolutely pathetic there in the second half and uh, they cost me a perfect round, so I'm going to be very hesitant to tip the Dragons for the rest of the year now. I can't believe um, how stupid I was to tip to tip the Dragons. Anyway, with 71 tips this year, um, that brings my average to 5.46 around, which is pretty much 5.5. Uh, let's call it 5.5 to save myself some some dignity, um, and uh, it's obviously short of the goal that I wanted to accomplish at the start of the year, um, which was six a week, uh, but obviously with everything going on COVID, I'm going to use that as an bit of an excuse for my uh, piss-poor effort in the footy tips this year, and hopefully by the end of round 20, I can get the six out of eight. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to go straight into the round 14 matches, and it all starts on Thursday night with an absolute blockbuster and we're going to discuss it right here. That's right. It's an absolute blockbuster to start round 14 from the Sydney Creed round on Thursday night at 7.50pm when the Sydney Roosters take on the Melbourne Storm. And of course, the Roosters, uh, well, they have had a lot of first graders out for a long period of time. And I thought they might struggle last Thursday night, but uh, it was a very impressive and gust, gutsy win by them um, to get up against the Dragons in front of a Dragons home crowd last Thursday night. Um, the weather wasn't the best either. Um, but they managed to show how professional they are, and Trent Robertson really uh, has lifted this team, and uh, a lot of the young players in their lineup have stepped up over the past couple of weeks. So um, you can still make the argument they're not playing particularly well. I mean, against the Warriors and the Titans, um, the two weeks prior, they uh, they really struggled. They were better against the Dragons, but still not that Roosters uh, gritty team that we know, and the team that can score a lot of points quickly. Um, they had to fight for their points last week, but they really earned that victory. So um, Good signs for the Roosters, Melbourne last week against the Bulldogs, they were comprehensive as ever, um, and that's why this game is going to be such a blockbuster, I mean you're looking at two of the most professional teams in the NRL, um, Craig Bellamy and Trent Robertson know how to get their troops firing, they're two of the, two of the best, if not the two best coaches in the NRL. NRL, and both of these teams looking at the team list this week, they're both not going to be at full strength. The Roosters were rumored uh, early in the week to be getting guys like Brett Morris and Poi Cordner and Rua Hargraves back this week and Angus Croydon. Um, none of those guys have been named. They are boosted by the return of Josh Morris um, as well. And uh, obviously last week we did talk about Cole Flanagan not being in the team. I thought it might have been some sort of injury, uh, but Trent Robertson confirmed uh, mid-last week that no, he uh, had dropped Kyle Flanagan. I uh, wasn't quite impressed with his performance. He didn't really offer anything past that, and Kyle Flanagan uh, is out of the 17 this week as well. and Lamb will play second uh, match as the Roosters starting number seven. Um, so very interesting lineup. Um, obviously, as I said, they've still a lot out. Um, Ryan Hall, who I bet on to score a try last weekend, it didn't happen again, um, but they versus Storm team who, without Cameron Munster and without uh, Cameron Smith, their two most experienced um, and high-profile players. It's going to be a very interesting battle on in the hearts in this game. Luke Keery stepped up in key moments last week and was really impressive against the Dragons, and he's been doing that uh, while the Roosters' stars have been out. Um, Lachlan Liam, I thought, had a solid game without being amazing last weekend. They're coming up against Jerome Hughes, who has been really impressive in 2020, but you still got to question... His game management at points. And Riley Jacks comes back into their 17. And he's a versatile number uh, six and a versatile half for Riley Jacks. But uh, when the pressure's on, who knows how those guys are going to respond. So apart from that, Melbourne are mostly full strength. And uh, Ryan Papperhausen has been in good form in 2019. So hopefully that continues for the Storm. Brandon Smith, of course, will be playing the number nine. Um, as well in the absence of Cameron Smith for the second week in a row. so um, And I was very impressed also, uh, just take a moment to say, I was very impressed by Nico Hines last week as their uh, backup fullback. He's on the interchange bench this week. Um, But despite all these outages, it's going to be such a great game of football. Um, I don't think there will be a flogging at all in this game. It's going to be very tight. And I think it, as I said, I think it mostly comes down to the playmakers and how the forwards let them... Um, into the game. So it's going to be a hell of a forward battle. You've got guys like the Bromwich brothers, uh, Dal Finucane and Felice Kafusi, and Brandon Smith on Melbourne side versus guys like Jake Friends Taki Aho, all and the young guys like Tono Pia and Lindsay Collins um, up front. So it's going to be a hell of a battle up front. And I think whoever dominates that forward pack region will dominate the game. Um, James Tedesco was a little bit quiet last week. So Um, him and Ryan Pappahousen will be a good battle back there as well. And, uh, of course, if you guys remember the last time these two teams versus the Storm managed to win that game in Golden Point, the Roosters were seconds away from victory um, before I believe it was Ryan and kicked that field goal to tie the game up. So um, it's going to be a great game. If you're a fan of rugby league, just sit back and enjoy this one because it could go either way. Uh, Obviously, both teams have big outages. Uh, I think the Storm... uh, the way that they play, I think they're going to miss uh, Cameron Smith a lot. Obviously, I thought they were going to miss him a lot last weekend against the Bulldogs, but uh, obviously they were versing the team that's running last, so it wasn't a huge challenge. I think they're going to miss him a lot more this weekend, and I think at certain parts of the game, it's going to come down to the game management of Luke Heary versus Jerome Hughes and, Holly Jack- and Riley Jacks. So... Um, looking at that you'd give the edge to the Roosters but I just think the way the Storm are playing they're playing with so much confidence their professionalism um, and even without their big guns the young guys are really stepping up and their forward pack um, and the veterans guys like Dale Finucane and and Jesse Bromwich are really leading by example and Kenneth Bromwich had a fantastic game last week he ended up scoring two tries so uh, the way the Storm are going I think they're going to Upset the Roosters in this one. I think they're paying $3 in this game. And uh, the Roosters, let's be honest, the last month they haven't been playing great football. They've been getting away with victories. And I think a loss actually won't do them too much harm. I mean, they probably will still stay in the top four. And uh, obviously, they're going to get their, a lot of their troops back uh, soon. So while the Storm have bigger players out, the Roosters have more players out. And I've got the Storm by the, in this game by four points in a huge, huge upset to start round 14. And obviously, last week, if you looked at it, there was a couple of upsets. So I think upsets are going to start creeping into these rounds as we get closer to round 20. All right, the second game of round 13 takes place at 6 p.m. from the Central Coast Stadium when the New Zealand Warriors will host the team that's absolutely on fire up top of the competition ladder, the Penrith Panthers, and this game has me very excited. Usually your 6 o'clock games are games that uh, don't necessarily feature two of the top teams in the comp, and this one, uh, obviously, when you look at the table, don't either. I mean, Penrith, obviously, they're first, but the Warriors um, well outside of the top eight at the moment, but the way the Warriors are playing, uh, since they've got a couple of these recruits in guys like George Williams, Daniel Alvaro, and... Um, and the young kid, Jack Harrington, who will unfortunately um, missed the game this week because he's versing his old club. But the Warriors have been on fire. I mean, they almost beat the Roosters. They did beat Manly. They didn't do it easily. But they play an exciting brand of football. And uh, even though they've lost Blake Green in the last couple of weeks, Cody Nicareem and Chanel Tavita Harris have been pretty solid for him. Roger Tuvali-Shek finally showing some glimpses of form after a rough 2020 in their forward pack. Um, is playing well. And I just think they're enjoying their football out there at the moment. I mean... Tohu Harris, Katoa, Jaz Tavunga. These guys are having a great time. Tohu Harris, probably the form second role in the competition. They're versing a Penriff team. Now, let's talk about Penriff. During the last month, they've been so great at uh, at, at lifting in these big games. I mean, it show, again, the game against the Raiders last weekend, they were absolutely um, fantastic. They're really enjoying their football. The team's having haven't laughs, having jokes, but knows when to be serious. I mean, they've got a young squad. Um, And to see them keeping such level heads at the moment um, is a great sign for Penrith, and hopefully they can keep it going heading into the finals uh, finals campaign. Because as I've said, and I think I said it during my mid-season review, I don't know um, how Penrith will go in the finals because of their lack of experience um, in big matches. Uh, But the former Nathan Cleary at halfback, he's won Origins before, Um, he's played in finals matches now, and this is really his team since James Baloney left, and he's really controlling it. Uh, with authority, he's been outstanding. Um, Jerome Lewis just gone off the back of him, and their forward pack has always been impressive. Even the guys like Stephen Croydon and uh, Josh Mensor, they've really stepped up um, under the leadership of Nathan Cleary. So... I mean, it's it's a joy to watch. Penrith are playing so well. Um, they're all playing for each other. And they're not a team of stars, uh, but they're a team of guys that are going to do whatever it takes for each other. And that's signed to a good football team. And uh, I think this game has all the makings of a classic. The Warriors, if they win this game, they're potentially in striking distance of the top eight. I mean, if you look at the latter, um, I believe they're currently 11th on eight points. So they've only won four games. Um, they're five wins and eight losses. Uh, actually no, they've won five games, sorry. They've won five games, obviously. So they're they're five wins and eight losses. Um to be even for the year, they pretty much can only lose two games for the rest of the year if they're really serious against about Finals, because they're four and against is minus 131. But if they can win this game and go on a little bit of a run, um they really make themselves a big chance um in the coming weeks because if they're playing with confidence, they're gonna be hard to beat the Warriors. So um if they do win this week, they could go past guys. Uh, like the like the Tigers and Manly in a couple of weeks, so huge game for the Warriors. Um, I don't think their finals campaign is completely dead, but they definitely need to win this game. And they not they're not going to find a harder uh, opponent in the NRL at the moment than Penrith. As I said, Penrith are having fun, but they're no to get serious. They, they're a very professional team um, led well by Nathan Cleary. I think if the Warriors have any chance in this in this game, it's they're going to have to upset Nathan Cleary. They're going to have to somehow put him off his game, which in my opinion, he's the form player of the NRL, so it's going to be hard to do. Um, but uh, that's, that's what they're going to have to do. So I've got the Panthers in this game by six points, but I'm very, going to think it's going to be a very highly entertaining game. And I've got to say, I think this game is going to yield a lot of points. Penrith, uh, if they do have one weakness, it's that they can concede points. Um, their defense does need to live a little bit better um, if they're going to you really, really make a... Uh, you know, make a big splash and uh, really compete for this title in the postseason. But as I said, if you're a Penrith fan, get excited because they're playing absolutely outstanding. So I've got the Panthers 5-6 in this game against the Warriors who are going to be entertaining, and they're going to be scoring some tries as well in this game. The second game of Friday Night Football takes place at 7.55pm from Bankwest Stadium when the Parramatta Eels will host the St. George Illawarra Dragons um, in a big game for both teams. Parramatta, I mentioned it last week, Uh, The past month or two has not been too impressive by them, but they've been managing to uh, grind out mostly wins. I mean, they really struggled about three or four weeks ago against Manly um, and against the Bulldogs a couple weeks ago. They didn't look impressive. Against Gold Coast, I believe they struggled as well, Newcastle. Um, So Parramatta, um, they need a bit of a form boost. Um, I think a loss wouldn't hurt them at this point in the season because I think they need to find a way to be playing their best football. Last week... Um, can blame the rain because they obviously weren't at their best against Cronulla but they managed to grind out another victory Um, but I think it's very important in the next month of football that they start getting back to their best football if they're going to be serious contenders in 2020 Um, Mitchell Moses is starting to get back to his best and let's uh, give it up to Dylan Brown who was absolutely standing in that wet weather football he was close to their best player in fact Nathan Brown out there also won a Parramatta's best he led the forward pack by his team as well so um Still encouraging signs for Parramatta, but I think, um, they really need to, um, show that they are a premiership threat in this game, um, because they're versing a team in the St. George Illawarra Dragons that they can make a statement against, and the Dragons obviously last week, I tipped them, um, in a video post-podcast, changing my tip for the first time in the season, tipping them against the Roosters, it didn't happen, um, they are really in the game at half-time at 10 or after a poor start, but, uh, when the pressure's on and it's time to uh, it's it's time to really hold out and show your mental toughness. The dragons just go missing, and I mean, the positives. If you look at the positives from this dragons team, Tristan Saylor looked really good uh, when he came off the bench and really added a lot of spark to their attack. He managed to force <clears throat> a couple of line uh, goal line dropouts and uh, really got the roosters uh, you know, got the roosters rattled a little bit. And looking at this team list. Matt Dufty is still fullback, which I don't necessarily have a problem with, but let's be honest, I don't know if he's the guy you want in the big games. I mean, his defence is still questionable. He can throw a good pass, but he can also throw a bad pass, and obviously he's got a lot of speed, but I have questions still about Matt Dufty after this year. Corey Norman's back into the team at six this week. He got dropped last week. He hasn't played any football. If you're serious about dropping him, why is he back in the team this week? I mean, what has he proven in the past week? that has got him back on the team. Maybe Paul McGregor knows. Maybe he's been training his ass off. But for mine, I don't know if I'm putting Corey Norman back in this team for on the coach. Adam Clune's back. I've got no problems with Clune. He's been impressive this year. Ben Hunt's back at number nine. I think he actually had an okay game um, in the 5-8 role last weekend. But obviously, number nine is where he feels comfortable about, uh, at. So I don't really have any problems there either, which pushes Kevin McInnes back to lock. And obviously, McInnes can play anywhere. But for mine, why aren't you starting Tristan Saylor? Why aren't you giving this kid 80 minutes? He was impressive at the back end of last year. He's been impressive in his lim- limited times this year. And looking at this re- rest of the squad that that Paul McGregor has named after such a dismal second half last week. I mean, I think that's the only chance. Uh, well, Funamani starts because because uh, Tariq Sims is injured. But, I mean, apart from that, they, they, they changed their bench a little bit. But the Dragons... This isn't the changes I'd be making if my team had such a bad performance last weekend, which they did, because they were in a position to win their game and they were absolutely diabolical. And I'm not just angry because they cost me my perfect round, but I don't know how you can tip the Dragons at the moment. I mean, there's obviously a lot of problems in the front office, in the back office, and obviously on the field, they're not getting the results. So um, they really need a shake up. Paul McGregor needs to go. He needs to go as soon as possible. I don't think he's the mean to lead the team. I don't even know if he's you know, pulling the strings at the moment, Shane Flanagan seems to be heavily involved, but I don't know if he's the answer to the Dragons problems either, so, um, I know I haven't talked about the Eagles versus the Dragons much so far in this preview, but the Dragons are such a frustrating team to watch, because we all know where they can be in the competition, um, but they just constantly underachieve, and really something, something's got to change at the Dragons, because it's just not good enough, um, but the Eels, as I said, this is a team that they can make a statement against. Uh, if they put any pressure to the Dragons, the Dragons are just going to fold. And uh, players like and Brown and Moses should dominate this game um, and get back to their best form. So I've got the Eels in this game by 30. I think it's going to be a flog. And I think the Eels make a real statement against the Dragons team that just needs 2020 to end. Because they need to make a lot of changes in the offseason. Eels by 30 in this game. Alright, Mini Rant aside, we're up to my favourite time of the week, so let's get positive again because Super Saturday is here last week I tipped free from free, not to brag um, last Super Saturday I love Super Saturday, I might even have a beer this weekend, but it all starts uh, at 3pm when the Cronulla Sharks take on the Gold Coast Titans and about a month ago you'd say, well the Sharks should win this one easily, but Gold Coast um, a resurgent uh, run of form they were very impressive on Sunday against the Cowboys of course they. Charles went down to Parramatta in uh, torrential rain also last Sunday, so it's going to be an interesting game, this one. I mean, the Titans at the moment, the best team in Queensland, and it's not even by a close margin. They're far away the best team in Queensland. They've won four games in 2020, so four uh, four wins, nine losses, but they only won four games in 2019, and that was in a season of 25 rounds, so they've... They've equaled what they did uh, last year in you know only 13 rounds, and there's promising signs since Alexander Brimson, AJ Brimson, he, since he's come back into the team a fortnight ago. Um, their attackers look, look more crisp, taking some of the pressure off Ash Taylor and Fogarty, um, and uh, their forward pack has really lifted, and Kevin Proctor, shout out to him, one of his best games of his career last week, in my opinion, easily his best game since he left Melbourne and joined the Titans, so... The Titans, um, looking at an upward spiral at the moment, I think they're going to be really competitive against teams in the back end of this season and can really upset a couple. Um, And it's definitely a game they can win this game against Cronulla, who uh, obviously last weekend, um, they were in the game, uh, a lot of missed opportunities in the rain, and uh, they just could not get the job job done there. Um, But they uh, have an interesting combination in the halves at the moment between Moylan and Johnson. With Townsend, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when Chad Townsend does come back from injury. Does Moylan go back to fullback, or does Townsend, who's such a reliable figure in this team, um, even manage to make the the starting thirteen again? So it's going to be very interesting because Will, Will Kennedy at fullback's actually in pretty good form. So, um, Sean Johnson, obviously, uh, he was the key for them last week, and he's been the key for them all year. He has gotten the most try assists in the game at the moment in this season. Um, I believe we're 17. Absolutely outstanding. Um, but for mine, what the Sharks need to do in this game to uh, to get over the top of the Titans, their forward pack, really need to dominate. Ueli, um Aaron Woods, and Toby Rudolph um, have all been impressive this year, but guys like Wade Graham with his creativity uh, can really upset the Gold Coast defense, which has improved in 2020. Um, but I think the Sharks just might have a little bit too much firepower in this game, but it's going to be a highly entertaining match, which I expect the Titans um, to be very competitive for a long period of time, but I've got uh, the Sharks, um, if as I said, if the forward packs can get over the top of the Titans, it really lets Sean Johnson uh, get into his own element and uh, do what he does best and uh, really control their attack and uh, put on some tries and some try assists, so it's an exciting team to watch Cronulla when they're on, and uh, They could be on this weekend against the Titans. I've got the Sharks by 10, but as I said, it's going to be an entertaining match, this one. The second game of Super Saturday takes place at 5.30 from Queensland Country Bank Stadium when the North Queensland Cowboys take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And of course, it was the Cowboys. Extremely disappointing last weekend against the Titans. They were boosted by the return of Michael Morgan, but they really did not show up. They didn't look good. Um, They are boosted by the return of Scott Drinkwater, who does go back to fullback this weekend, which bumps uh, the hammer on the wing, uh, and Justin O'Neill gets a tap on the shoulder um, out of the team this week. But uh, the same kind of deal with the teams like the Tigers and the the Cowboys. The Cowboys are already looking to next year. I mean, they've been dealt a cruel card of injury this year, but when their captain uh, returned last week in Michael Morgan, they looked even worse than they had looked in the month prior. I think they were getting used to... Him not being around, and they were extremely poor last week. So they're gonna to have to uh, be back at their best if they're gonna beat a side in the Rabbitohs, who are just winning the games they should. They're not necessarily uh, setting the world on fire with their performances, um, and they're not really uh, challenging teams, other teams in the top eight at the moment. But they're just winning the games they have to against the lower ranked teams to make the finals. So um, I think the Rabbitohs are really looking. Um, without you know, no no disrespect to the Cowboys, they're really looking forward. Um, to versing a team in the top eight to try to prove that they belong in the top eight and can really mix it with the top teams. But this game is an important one for the Rabbitohs. They don't want to lose it. They want to um, keep in touch with the eight. They're currently seventh. So a loss um, could hurt. They could go down to eighth and be in danger of uh, either Manly or the Tigers, um, as lo- unlikely as it seems with those two teams' form at the moment. But... Um, they don't want to be in the firing range at all. So a big game. They should win this game. They're expected to win it. And um, I mean, it's really an opportunity for guys like Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, and Adam Reynolds and, and Damian Damien Cook. Their spine to really work on um, on getting their combinations right for when they verse the bigger team, So don't take the Cowboys lightly because they're at home. Um, they're gonna have to be. They're gonna want to be a lot better after last week's uh, performance against Gold Coast. But I think. South Sydney should have too much firepower. Tom Burgess has really led the forward pack this year. Expect that to continue. I've been really impressed uh, with the inclusion of Bailey Sirenin as well, um, coming in as starting second roller in the absence of Ethan Lowe, who's out for the season. but positive signs for the Rabbitohs at the moment they're on the uh, upward spy. they're guys on the bench like Nichols and, uh, and Mago are really doing a, a solid job as well and I'd like to see more from Jack Johns he didn't get much time last weekend he is at, named at 18th man um, this week but if he can force his way in the team I'd like to see him get a little bit more minutes because I'm impressed by that young kid as well and not just because his last name Johns I just think hes he's been very solid for him this year and uh, I think the Rabbitohs should win this one quite constantly at the Rabbitohs by 16 um, but If you've watched 2020 rub your league, you know that with the Rabbitohs, it's never quite that easy. I mean, surely this is the week where they uh, really make a statement and show that they uh, belong in the top eight. So we'll see how we go, but I've got the Rabbitohs by 16 in this one. The final game of Super Saturday takes place at 7.35pm from GIO Stadium when the Raiders take on the Brisbane Broncos. The Broncos, of course, they're struggling. They've been struggling for a long period of time, and it's just gotten bad from worse uh, with the news that Anthony Seibold will be have to self-quarantine for two weeks. I didn't mention, and I forgot, in the last game with the Rabbitohs Cowboys, of course, Wayne Bennett's out of their team. I just want to take a quick note and say that uh, I think that uh, Jason Demetrio, the Rabbitohs' new coach, he's one from one um, for the next two weeks. Anyway, he's their coach for the next week, sorry. Um, he has been impressive, impressive, um, in the system for a while at the Rabbitohs, and obviously he's taking over the head coaching position in 2022. Um, so it's a good opportunity for him. So I don't think that really hurts the Rabbitohs too much. Wayne Bennett's uh, more of a uh, more of a thinker. Thinking means rugby league coach than an you know an acting active, active and physical coach at his age anyway. So um, I don't think it affects him too much. But for the Broncos, it definitely does. Anthony Seibold being out is a huge. Uh, huge blow-slash-opportunity for their, new, their coach in uh, in Gentle uh, to come in and, and lead that team around. But uh, Tavita Penguin Jr. as well, the news that he is set to potentially be sacked by the Broncos after maybe purposely going to the barber and breaking COVID. Um, there seems to be a big story coming out of the Brisbane Broncos at the moment, and uh, I've heard a few rumours. I'm not going to get into them on the podcast, but the Broncos are just an absolute mess at the moment. Um, obviously, on the football front, they weren't at their best against the Rabbitohs, um, Croft, That they, they tried hard, um, but, the whole team's really not performing at the moment, Darius Boyd, um, has been good since he got back to fullback, but apart from that, I'm really seeing, and, and obviously Payne Huss's form, I'm really failing to see, any real positives, David Feeder hasn't really added the boost, that the Broncos have needed, um, but he can't do it all by himself, so, it's going to be a very, very sad, and pathetic end to the season, for the the Broncos, and it's, the worst Broncos team in history. I don't think anyone's even can question that at the moment. I don't even know if they're going to win another game this year. Canberra, um, they weren't at their best last weekend against the Panthers. Obviously, the Panthers blew them off the park in the second half. They made it competitive in the second half, but by that point, it was too late. Um, And it's an important game for them to get back on track because the next time they verse a uh, team in the top four, they've got to really show that they belong in the top eight and they can challenge for the title because we all know how last year went. They got so close against the Roosters in that grand final, and uh, they've had a lot of injury concerns this year, but they still can be a contender, the Raiders. They should win this game. They will win this game. Um, expect to see their forward pack really bash the Broncos forward pack, who does have still have big names like Hassan Fafita in it. Um, but parley Bateman, Whitehead, these guys will uh, really rise to the challenge, and I think the Raiders will just get on top o- over the top of the of the Broncos and really uh, put on a score in this game. I've got the Raiders by 40 against the Broncos. I think it would be an absolute bloodbath. And um, hopefully the Broncos can show something for you Brisbane Broncos fans. Um, because it's it's sad to see how how much this club has fallen. And obviously I hear rumors they're looking for a new CEO. Uh, ben Oaken has put his uh, resume up. And uh, there's going to be a lot of changes over the off season up there. So... Uh, the Broncos, can they show something? I don't think so. As I said, i got the Raiders by 40 in this game. And Sunday football starts with a game that could have huge implications on the top eight, and that is when the Newcastle Knights host the Meanly Seagulls at Sunday 2pm from McDonald Jones Stadium. And uh, well, it's a game that Meanly simply need to win. They needed to win last week as well against the Warriors. They were serious about the top eight and to stay in reach of it. They are now out of reach of the top eight uh, due to that loss against the Warriors where uh, they let in points very easily. They leaked a lot of points. They uh, were pretty poor uh, majority of the game, really, um, in terms of uh, handling and possession and uh, game management. So they're going to have to be a lot better this week against Newcastle, who are... who responded in, in turn to uh, calls that saying they were starting to play out of form and that they had lost their early-season form that uh, had propelled them so high in the competition, and uh, a lot of critics were questioning whether they were a team that could go far into the finals. Um, they absolutely trashed the Tigers 44-4 to uh, last weekend, so good to see them back on top. Caelan Pong was absolutely outstanding that game. Two tries, two try assists. He uh, had his way on the Tigers, who were... Very, very disappointing, and we're yet to get to their game, which is, I believe, is the last game of the week. So we'll talk about them soon. But um, the rival Blake Green really helped them as well. Um, a couple In a couple of weeks, he'll be at his best uh, with his new club, and I think he can even be better than he was at the Warriors. Um, building that combination with Mitchell, Pierce, and of course, has moved into the hooker role, and they are welcomed by the return of Daniel Saifedi into their team this week as well. So uh, for Newcastle... Uh, Man, their potential, uh, fi- their potential finish of fifth, sixth, or maybe even the top four if they can go on a run. Um, Manly, obviously, they're fighting for top eight berth. They are welcomed by the return of Thompson and in this week, as well as Brad Parker. They missed all three of those guys immensely last weekend. Um... So they're starting to get back to full strength. They're still, still, of course, missing Dylan Walker and Tommy Turbo. But if they're going to make the finals in 2020, they absolutely cannot afford to lose this game. They've got a big game against the Rabbitohs in round 15 next week as well. Um, but these two games are going to be the games that are 100% determine whether Manly are going to be finalists in 2020. It has to start this week. They need a win. Um, and uh, it's not going to be easy against Newcastle uh, because, as I said, Newcastle's starting to find their best form. They get some troops back this week as well, um, and they're very hard to beat from McDonald's Jones Stadium at home. Their home crowd's going to be behind them. Manly going to be valiant in this game. I just don't see it happening. I mean, as I said, the uh, the spine of Newcastle seems to be on strength from strength. I mean, they did have a hooker crisis. Kurt Man filled that real well. Blake Green's arrival adds. Uh, A bit of a relaxation on the part of Mitchell Pearce and Kalen Ponga. They can just play their natural game instead of trying to do too much uh, playmaker work. And uh, I think that really, uh, really helps them in the long run. They've also got Phoenix Crossland on the bench as well. So I think there's just too much firepower in this Newcastle side, especially at home. I just think they can score too many points for Manly, considering Manly, while they did score 22 points last weekend... It really wasn't through their playmakers. It was more barging over or an overlap and, and stuff like that. So I really have question marks um, whether they can score many points consistently, mainly And I think Newcastle is going to, as I said, too much strike power. Um, I've got Newcastle in this game by eight points, and that could affect and uh, mainly season. Moving on to the 4 o'clock game, the final game of the round. It takes place at 4 5 at Manquest Stadium on Sunday. Sunday afternoon football when the West Tigers take on the Canterbury Bulldogs and the Tigers, they were very disappointing last weekend. Um, They're keeping a majority of the same side this weekend, but they were disastrous against Newcastle, especially in that first half. They really didn't show up mentally. Um, Any pressure to their line in defence, they just let Newcastle... Uh, Storm straight through. It was a lot of unforced errors and it was just terrible football by the Tigers who seemed destined to miss the top eight for another season. This uh, this game is huge for them because they're versing the Canterbury Bulldogs, who, uh, why they got blown off the park last week against Melbourne, they are known to test teams out um, and their defence is not one that's cracked too easily. Um, obviously, a bit contradicting um, last week's performance, but. As I said, the Bulldogs can be solid and they can get into a grind in this game. They can cause a lot of trouble for the Tigers, who, as I said, last week didn't show up. Um, Their season was basically on the line and they they didn't deliver. They've got a very hard run after this game, the Tigers. So they're in real trouble in 2020. As I said, they're destined to to miss the top eight again. Billy Walters, unfortunately, he had a very good debut season, but he's out for the rest of the season with an ACL injury. So the harsh combination is going to be Brooks and Marshall. Josh Reynolds on the bench. Um so they're sticking pretty much solid to their starting halves combination last week. Haven't made too many changes. Um but it's it's a tough road from here to make the finals for the Tigers and really the Bulldogs they're not gonna they're not world beaters, they're not gonna beat anyone huge, but if they can get a win, the Brisbane Broncos will be down into the bottom of the ladder. Um really the way they're playing, they deserve to be at the bottom of the ladder. And I think uh with their defensive structures, it's gonna be a really tough game for the Tigers. I think the Bulldogs, uh, even though, as I said, they got flogged by the Storm last weekend, they really took it to of the weekend before, and I think they're building to a win. They're not going to win many more for the year, the Bulldogs, but I think they've got one or two wins left in them. And uh, after such a disappointing uh, match by the Tigers last weekend, I'm actually leaning towards the Bulldogs in this game. I have put the Bulldogs by 10 points in a massive upset um, to end the round. So there it is. That's my tips for round 14 of the NRL-Telstra Premiership. Just to recap uh, my tips this weekend, I'm going the Storm in a huge upset against the Roosters on Thursday night. On Friday, I'm going the Panthers to beat the Warriors in an entertaining game. The Eels to flog the Dragons. Super Saturday, I'm going the Cronulla Sharks against the Gold Coast. I've gone the Rabbitohs uh, being too strong for the Cowboys. And the Raiders absolutely flogging the Brisbane Broncos. In the Sunday games, I've gone Newcastle to effectively end the Manly Seagulls' season. And I've gone the Bulldogs to upset the Tigers. So two upsets this week. The first and last games of the week. We're going to move on to my bets of the week. And uh, for this one, um, last week, my try in Ryan Hall, scoring his first try, didn't work. I'm going something crazy because I know there's a few guys that are on a try scoring drought at the moment. Let's go, Ryan Hort to score a try against the Storm. We're still going to back him. We're going to back him because I'm confident he's not too far away from one. He's back in the team this week. I don't know how much longer he's going to be back in the team if Brett Morris comes back in. So he's $2 to score a try. We're going to put him uh, in with another man that has been very, very close to scoring and uh, was on a big try scoring drought himself. And that is Blake Thurguson, who had a shocker last week. I expect him to be on back this week. We're going to sc- take him to score a try as well. Um, he's a $1.95 against the Dragons. And I'm going to go a, mayor, uh, a player that has only played four games. He's a bit of a rookie um, out on the wing for the South City Rabbitohs. He's also yet to score a try, and that is Jackson Paulo. So let's add him to it to score a try. Jackson Polo, uh, he's paying $1.85. So all those guys haven't scored a try in a long time. Um, it's $7.20. We're going to put $25 on that. So Ryan Hall, Blake Ferguson, Jackson Paulo all to score a try. Putting 25 bucks on that, you're paying $180. I think this is the week that some of these guys break their trial scoring drought and and get some points on the board because as you can see, the competition, there's definitely a divide between the good teams and the bad teams and it's more evident than ever. Um, In my other uh, bet, I'm going to throw $25 on the Rabbitohs, 13 plus against the Cowboys. Um, I think they... I can really put on a show there against them. Um, so we're going to add that. as $2.65. We're also going to put the Eels 13-plus against the Dragons. Um, at 13-plus at $2. And we're going to put the Raiders 13-plus against the Broncos, um, the disappointing Broncos team. So margins and try scorers this week, a little bit different for you, uh, a little bit different because my bets haven't been that successful this year. We're going to really change it up. So those three, uh, CS13+, the Parramatta 13+, and the Raiders 13+, plus, paying $8, we're going to put $25 on that. That gives us about $200. So those are my bets of the week. Um, hopefully, you can get one of those moldies up. Thank you, guys, for listening to the show. As always, please like Steve's NRL Free Tips on Facebook. Uh, please like, review, subscribe. To do all that good stuff wherever it be on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you can get this podcast. And thank you guys for listening. Hopefully I can get that elusive perfect round that I was so close to getting last week. I'll see you guys next week for the next edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Enjoy your football, guys. Hopefully you can have a beer or two and uh, enjoy the rest of the year because we're getting close to the finals. I'll see you guys next week.